Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at BlueNile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Um, right. So, yeah, I wanted a coffee, but of course, the bloody lazy bars is not open till 9.30. Is it 9.30? Well, what, what time did we get there last week? Yeah, yeah, it was about 9.30. Yeah, so I was like, oh, God. So I'm going to have to wait. I was going to have a tensing. I, I can't do a tensing in the morning. Do you know what I mean? I can't hear a warm... It's like a ripple in the morning. Yeah. Or well, like, like if it was like the middle of the summer and it was 25 degrees outside, I'd have a tensing. But it's not. It's January still just. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I just want a nice warm coffee. 8.30 in the morning. 8.30 in the morning. I just wanted a nice bloody flat white and... <laughs> This bloody studio's in the middle of nowhere, right? Well, it's not in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there's a high street literally there. That's very far away, though, isn't it? There must be a, there must be a coffee got, shop there. I've got no battery on the i5, so I ain't going anywhere. Really? Yeah, genuinely. It's down to 7%. So but there's what? a high-speed charge just like two miles down the road, so I think I'll make it. The yeah. range is saying 7... No, uh, I think the range is saying 12 miles. Anyway. 12 I'll, miles? 12 miles, yeah. It's fine, plenty, isn't it? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Hello, one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, your weekly automotive podcast hosted by two rather uninformed enthusiasts. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm Sam from the YouTube channel Scene 2 Glass. I'm Tony from Gravelwood Castles. And you can watch us each week. We hope you enjoy the episode. Morning, mate. Morning. How you doing? All right. Have you woken up? Yes, I yeah. fully woke up. Been travelling for over two hours this morning. You have. You got yeah. absolutely screwed by some numpty driving into another numpty on the M25. Oh, yeah, you? I don't know exactly what happened because I didn't see it, but there was an hour delay on the M25, basically. Mm. You're one end of the M25 and I'm the other. Yeah. And I have to come round it. And uh, someone's piled it into the wall and at the back of someone. I don't know. It's been a crash. All over the place. Yeah. Uh, international listeners or non-London-based listeners, M25 is the ring road around central London. It's arguably one of the worst roads, I think, in the world for multiple reasons, not just in terms of surface, <laughs> but in terms of characteristics, mm. um, the people that drive on it, the way people drive on it, yeah. the amount of traffic it seems to experience. I despise the M25. It's easily the busiest road in our country, for mm. sure. Mm. And probably, actually, when I think, it's probably one of the busiest roads in Europe. Oh, that's a punchy claim. Yeah, I don't... I don't. Mm. I, well, as, as I'm thinking now, when I think of bad traffic... Rome comes to mind. Yeah, definitely, definitely does. <laughs> Paris comes to mind. Absolutely. 
apart from that, really, I've never really got, oh, Belgium. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. Belgium. There's this traffic in Belgium yeah. 24-7. Yeah. I don't know what that's all about. Yeah. And mm. Leon as well. Can yeah, be. Leon. Always, if you're, if you're yeah. driving through Leon to go further south, or if you're coming from the south, so Italy, south of France, whatever, <laughs> back north, for some reason, Leon is always just, just awful. Yeah. Chock-a-block is the expression, isn't it? Chock-a-block. Uh, um, they're going into cities. Mm. We're on the... It's a ring road. <laughs> what, what would you say? Is that at any one point is at least 10 miles from the centre of London, would you say? Mm. If you're on the M25 to get into... At least. Pinkley Circus, it's always about 10 miles. At it's least. A, it's a decent distance, yeah. so you're not exactly in the city. No. Um, but, yeah, essentially gets you around the city and obviously so many uh, different commuters and things that happen on the outer edges of London. You know, it's a super popular road and it's a it's a key road mm. um, if you're down here, but I just despise it. If I have to go anywhere and it says, take the M25, I'm like, nope. I'll just find a different route. But I have to go on it every day, mate. Well, yeah, I would assume you have to use it all the time. Every which... single day, there's a part of the M25 that I have to travel on. Yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah. And we're trialling different recording times at the moment. Um, Daddy Daycare has started for me. Uh, my daughter has now started nursery, so Mondays have become Daddy Daycare, and that usually was our recording days, so I can't do that anymore because it would be quite intense to do all these podcasts. Bye! <laughs> yeah, running unless around we, in the background. Unless we manage to squeeze in an hour while she was asleep. Oh, I don't think that's going to happen, trust no. me. That would be very nerve-wracking. Um, so, so yeah, so we're, we're juggling around time. So, so today we were aiming for like a really early recording, which is maybe why we sound a little bit croaky. We were going for like a 7, 7.30 start time, but then, yeah, traffic. You got stuck. It's now quarter to nine, so we're both just a little bit frustrated. We'll, we'll persevere, mate. We'll, get, we'll figure it out in the end. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. And don't worry, we will continue to bring you episodes on a Thursday for now. <laughs> continue <laughs> for now. Continue <laughs> for now. 100% of the time, 90% of the time. Uh, anyway, mate, I have lots to update you on, but I want to firstly hear about uh, your weekend and your week, what you've been up to, where you've been, what's been going on. Um, where have I been? I've been very busy at work. Lovely. Um, Any nice juicy bits of stock come in? Uh, n- uh, not really, to be honest. What's Apart from two or three l- lumpier cars that I've sold this month, everything that I've sold has been under 30 grand. Oh, nice. Okay. A- everything. And normally I've changed my, or I'm starting to change my stock slightly for that reason. Um, I, I, I would normally be at 20 grand up mm-hmm, stock wise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I've got some cheaper stuff in stock because it's selling and, um, yeah, the, you know, the president at the moment is that everything I'm selling is 30 grand down. So I'm busy. Yeah. So yeah. the problem is I've still got a lot of stuff that's 30 grand up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I had a pretty wild weekend, mate. We have a lot to discuss. I went down to Austria huh? for the Fat International Ice Race, which used to be the GP Ice Race. Uh-huh. Um, but I went with Mini. Yeah. Uh, drove down there in a classic Mini. Did you get there? Absolutely got there. We're going to get into all of that. Um, at the ice race, there was the new Golf GTI, the new Golf R, the new Porsche Panamera, and a whole load of other cars that need to be discussed. From factory. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. All factory supported. Wow, wow. Um, but we need to go all the way back to the start of my adventure uh-huh. because I went to collect, or we started our journey at least, at the BMW Group Classic Building yeah. in Munich. Yeah. Now, we obviously had that amazing experience with Porsche, uh-huh. the Porsche Museum, where we went to the sort of warehouses in the back and we got did. that amazing tour from Benny. Well, I think BMW can rival that. <laughs> can they? 1,500 cars. Oh, wow. In the BMW Group Classic Museum or archive or storage. Everything from fully-fledged Formula One cars through to concepts, through the things that no one's ever seen, through the things that BMW just supplied the engines for, for example, McLaren F1. Um, Similar to Porsche, it's um, like a a shut-away warehouse. Yes, it's not, as far as I'm aware, open to the public. Okay, fine. This is the, you know, this is the sort of Group Classic buildings that they yeah, have a, they have a workshop there they have a full, fully fledged workshop there so you can as a customer send your car to BMW Classic to mm. be worked on and restored by them um, but then they have their own collection too yep. uh, some of which run not many um, oh dear so no in the sense that they're not it's not an active fleet uh, not, not they like don't Porsche. run like they can't make them run yeah a part of it is an active fleet right. but for example so the cars that I wanted to pick out the two things that blew my mind there was an X5, start of the first gen X5, huh? with the Le Mans car engine from the BMW 1999 Le Mans winning. V10. It was the V12 LMR. V12. V12 Le Mans engine. This was essentially the premise, the start of an X5 M car. <laughs> so they were sitting there, they had this X5 and they thought, you know... It'd be interesting to see this performance-wise. Like, what what could we do with an X5? Like, it's selling well. Like, let's let's look at this. I know what we should do. Let's stick the V12 Le Mans engine over 700 horsepower. Was it all in the front or some of it in the all back? All in the front. Right. Fully fledged. They just popped open the bonnet. There is a Le Mans engine. It was outrageous. It had the Nürburgring lap record for ages. They took it around the Nürburgring. It was the fastest SUV in the world. I wonder if that's loosely... The Rolls Royce engine. No, right. So this is that. That was a legit race car engine Fair. put in the X5. Right. As a like, can an SUV have dynamic performance? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that was like, okay, this is actually a thing. And then they went and ma- built the first X5M. Um, so yeah, forget the fact that there's a V12. It is a it's a fully it's fledged a race full car race engine. Car, yeah, but yeah. of course, they had the Rolls Royce engines there. They did, yeah. And alongside this crazy X5, they had a a seven series, so the boxy shape. I'm guessing like the E, E thirty something like like a like boxy the James seven Bond, series, like the James Bond, yeah, ish, yeah, right. maybe a generation before, with a V sixteen. Isn't it amazing what these manufacturers um, experiment with? Dude, I loved it. <laughs> it's so cool, and we saw a bit of it at Porsche, but. It's exactly that. It's yeah. it's engineers, it's marketing, it's development, it's R&D, whatever, just going, well, let's give it a go and let's mm. see. And I, I, they did talk us through the, some of the reasoning, and I can't quite remember what it was, but essentially they took two V12s, cut them or, or removed four cylinders from each. Stuck it together. To, and then stuck it together. Mm. Um, but because the engine was so big, they couldn't fit the radiators in front of it, so the radiators were in the back. So then you had these kind of insane... 
911 turbo like ducks on the oh side of the 7 seats. It was wild, dude. It was wild. It did like literally 0.5 mpg. Yeah, I'll bet. Like, it was insane. And they ran it a few times and they said it wasn't that smooth. It wasn't that nice. And they were like, no, nah, dead. We can't do this. And, no. and obviously they're not the only ones. Uh, Rolls Royce had that V16 for, which is finished in the Johnny English film. And that's Correct. Sort of Phantom Coupe or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. There are a few others here and there. So V16s have kind of been thought of every now and again. Um, so that was super cool to see. There was a, uh, a super legera, uh, mini concept i don't know if you remember they did these like super legera style um barquetery type really cool cars from like 2014 i think it was like right. that um they were amazing to see just like it's just fun endless cool. list yeah endless yeah. stuff yeah. and stuff and say which never saw the line of day or with the development and i find that stuff way more exciting and interesting than you know this was the car that won this or this is the car that this was the first z3 there was a z3 with Oh, what engine did they put in the Z3? There was like a Z3 with like a V12 or like a V8 or something. Insane. It was a death trap. But yeah, yeah, absolute death Full trap. Full on death trap. There was wild stuff. So um, yeah, I don't know. I should have asked. I don't know if you can go and buy tickets or have a look around. I don't know how you get invited to do that. I was so lucky that I had the chance. It was a very brief look. So obviously we were there doing stuff with Mini. I was paid by Mini to help basically promote the fact that they were taking part in the ice race event. Yeah. Um, so they're going to do it every year. Well, I think this was their sort of tester, I guess. Right. Okay. I think they were like, let's, let's draw some attention to it. Let's see what the feedback is. Let's see what the experience is like. Um, and then we'll judge it. So, so I was there strictly with mini. Um, and so the tour, of the BMW, I was like getting really overexcited and like salivating and the BMW guys were loving it. But the mini guys were like, so, um, should we just look, there's some minis over there. I was like, cool. Two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I've always liked minis though. Oh mate. I've, I've always liked little minis. Always loved minis. Yeah. My sister's had two or three. Um, I had that Clubman JCW for yeah, a while, yeah. obviously. And they're just, they're just icons, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah. They, they lost their way a little bit when they made minis not really minis anymore, mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. in the Clubman, the Countryman, whatever else they make now that's a variation of a mini. But, um, yeah, I've always, liked, I've always liked them. Did I mean, you... So did you ever own or, or live with a classic mini, as in the smaller no, ones? No, ne never, never at all. Never, never, never. But then you say you don't... You thought they lost their way when they got bigger, but I think a lot of the modern-age... Coopers have been very good. I know. I don't mean they've lost their way. What I mean is, is that they they had to move in the market, and you know, and they sort of had to build mini SUVs, which is what they did because that was the market. You mean the but, Countrymans? Yeah, the Countrymans and the and the Clubmans as well. But the they Clubman were... had a little bit more authenticity to it because there was a Clubman back in the day, and size-wise, comparatively to an actual Cooper, it's kind of bang on. So I think the Clubman is... I don't knock the Clubman at all. Yeah. But the Countryman... It's not really a Mini, though, is it? I mean, a no, Mini... No, but it's the same size as a Cooper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what, what I'm trying to say to you is is that, that a, a Mini, really, in my eyes, is what you went to... A classic Mini. A classic Mini. That It says it in the name, Mini. But there I were mean, Clubmans of that era. Correct, there was, yeah. yeah, in that size. Yeah. But the new ones, even the normal Minis, they're not Minis anymore, mate. <laughs> no they're, they're huge. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm and, saying. And they're... They're, well, huge. People got cross with us calling the Arnic 5. Huge. They're big, and they're big comparatively to, example, an Abarth. Because the minis, fair enough, everything has to get bigger. As I learned, those old minis had close to no safety, oh, you know, precautions. Like, you yeah, know, they, the yeah, cars yeah. had to change. Of course. 100%. They couldn't be made anymore. A bit like old Defender. So, yeah. so 
that's fine. That's fair enough. But it would have been all right if they'd remained the smallest in class, like uh, what? Uh, a Toyota Igo or a Citroen. Yeah. What, what's that little you box? C1. C1. You know, yeah, like, so, yeah. so that I think you would have been like, okay, you know, they're still trying to be the smallest out there. Yeah. But they didn't. They kind of beefed it up. Beefed it up. Yeah. But, but I mean, I think they've been good. There have been plenty of modern day Coopers, especially the JCW yeah, yeah. stuff, which I've really liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right. They're not, they're not mini. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the Countryman is massive. Yeah. And the GP's a riot. You know, yeah. The, the GP yeah. that have got one of them in stock, they're, yeah. they're a, they're a riot. Them. Yeah, yeah. So, um, they're a proper focused toy. Yeah. Basically. No, well, I, but so I, I went into it in the same frame of mind as you as being like, cool, like yeah. great. Like what a nice invite. Like mm. go and spend a weekend driving minis, <laughs> hanging out with the mini team. And all I have to do is just promote the fact that going to ice race. Like mm. lovely. Um, and also they were, they were mm. an amazing team in the sense that they were super chill. They're like, just, I was like, I've never driven a mini. I've never been sat in a classic mini before. They're I'm like, surprised you got in. Yeah. I thought that, but oh my God, man. There was room. So much room. Mm. It was like mind boggling. I, at first, I thought this is going to be nerve wracking. <laughs> we did, we worked it out over 300 miles across the weekend in classic minis. One from 2000, from the year 2000. So one of the last old shaped minis. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then a 1960s rally car. Super comfortable in both. Wow. Like genuinely comfortable. And then it was me and Amy Shaw, amazing photographer, mm -hmm. Amy Shaw. Both had loads, all our equipment bags in with us. We were reaching around, grabbing cameras, moving stuff, tripods, getting stuff in and out. I genuinely was like, oh my God, this car is so usable. Yeah. Uh, oh and my the, God. Oh, who would have thought it? <laughs> it's like a magician's hat. You just kept pulling stuff out of it. Yeah. Um, and the ride, re I, I'm giving away too much because there's the main channel video coming. But anyway, I was so pleasantly surprised by the classic mini experience. Like, really, really enjoyed it. And, you know, that's my kind of adventure. Yeah. Like, load into a car that's you don't think is really a car that you should be doing 300 miles in and just go and have a blast. And one of my favourite parts of the world, south of south of Munich, into Austria. Like, yeah, I yeah. love that whole area. Um, very so, pretty. Yeah, very pretty. We mm. had an absolutely great time. And as I say, there is a main channel video coming, which actually Mini didn't ask me to do, but I just thought this is a cool experience. And if I'm going to be here making some Instagram content, might as well make a, make a video as well. Yeah, so why not? That is on the way. Um, but yeah, we headed off to Zelamtse, where we were in the summer last year, um, for for the ice race event. Now, I this was my fourth uh, time attending the ice race. The first time since 2020 that it's actually taken place. <laughs> oh, yeah, because it got called off because of COVID. Called off because then... of COVID. Called off because there wasn't enough snow. So... It's just <laughs> always been a bit of a headache. There wasn't really enough snow this year right, either. What a shame. So as we arrived on the Friday night, so the night before the event, rain everywhere. Barely any snow. I was like, oh, God. But they'd been kind of working hard to ensure that whatever happened, there was still some kind of event. Yeah. And they pulled it pulled it out of the bag. Like, it was it was still a wicked event somehow. Mm, the, the ice track lasted half a day, probably. By the end of the day, it was a mud track. Right. But they rebranded it, the slush race at the start of the day, which I thought was quite fun. Um, and everything that was going on in and around the ice track was just, was just fun. Everyone was having a good time. Loads of cool cars, loads of good food, loads of nice people. That fat international brand has become like a really freaking cool fashion brand. So mm. the fashionista people, Mark Webber was there. Um, who else was there? Uh, Valtteri Bottas was there. Andreas Pruninger was there. Who else did I see? There was just, pe there was just yeah, cool yeah, people yeah, knocking fair, around. Fair, fair. Well, they look at, can't they look at maybe relocating it to guarantee snow? 
there's a historic reason why it takes place in that city. Right. Um, the, the links to, it's an old, it's an old event uh-huh. uh, and the links to Porsche because uh, one of the people involved, the main person involved is Ferdy Porsche. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's linking, it's tying into the history. That's the whole point of the event. But they're trialing one in Colorado, in Aspen, in like two or three weeks time. Yeah. So I think... I would imagine that the Fat Ice Race Zelamse will be rebranded Fat International or Fat Zelamse, and it'll just be a gathering without the focus on the ice. And then maybe the ice race will become the Aspen event. I don't know. They're 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 branching out. We went to the cafe last yeah, year. Yeah, we did. Yeah, they're doing. And it's so much more. It's really about a community thing. Okay, they're always just. It's just a great event to be at. Mm. I always have the absolutely best time, even if what was planned didn't go ahead. Um, but yeah, lots of manufacturer support this year. So rolling into the event, I saw a bronzy gold Panamera in the traffic and I went, New one? Oh, I think that's the new Panamera. And I didn't really get a good enough angle of it. So then I, I went and tracked it down when we got into the event. Underwhelming. Underwhelming. Well, so it was in a lineup of other Panameras and I was like... Yeah, there it is. <laughs> it's just a just a facelift, a bit like the KN, right? Feels like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just mm, cool. <laughs> yeah, don't have a lot else to say. I mean, no. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be good. But they didn't make really a big deal of it. They just no. kind of stuck it somewhere. And I was like, oh, all right. Yeah. I bet them. I bet if there was a new Taycan there, they'd have made a big deal. Out of it. Yeah, yeah. They and they made big deals out of Taycans anyway. So, yeah. um, yeah, it was it was you know fairly interesting to see. Um, but Volkswagen were making a big deal of their stand because it was 50 years of the Golf mm-hmm. and they had a sort of a fully uncovered new GTI. So that's the last combustion engine GTI. 8.5. 8.5. Or which I think they're going to stretch out all the way until the 9 comes in because the 9's all electric. Is it? Yeah, so I think that's supposed to last for a while now, I think. So that. that'd be four or five years or whatever. I think so, okay. yeah. Right. Um, inside looks really nice. Mm-hmm. Inside looks really nice. I know that the old or the current car, I guess the 8, had a lot of infotainment issues, didn't it? Did, yeah. Yeah, so I'm we'll hoping... Probably sorted that out now. I'm hoping they've ironed mm. that out because the, the interior did look nice and a bit more premium, if anything. Okay. It looked heavy. Like, I can't help but look at that well, car. So the Mark 8, though. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know... It looks like very identical. For it, only I think the expert eye would have picked up on the differences between the okay. eight and eight. Before, but the interior is definitely a big step forward. But there needs to be mate, because there are a few quid. Yeah, golf files. And uh, no, this was the GTI. Yeah, yeah, but GTIs and ours. They're, yeah, they're fair. just a few quid. I think the the Mark Eight started at thirty two or thirty two and a half grand. Sure, you know what I mean. And they're expensive. Yeah. I think a golf R is touch under 40 it probably is over 40 now with the new yeah. one yeah i'm sure well, they, expensive so they they had a how would you call it i guess a pre-production are there this was the official unveiling of some kind of form of the art it was still all stickered up um you couldn't really see much but that was the first debut of the art it's going to be officially unveiled i think later in the year yeah um, but it, it ran around the ice track it sounded like a hoover <laughs> yeah obviously yeah. just like killed by all the filters yeah, yeah. that will be a 20 well, what year is it? It'll be a 2025 car. So yeah. just, you mean? Yeah, yeah. It was going around the track. Actually, this is quite a funny story. So, you know, this is, it's a motorsport event, right? And there was loads of historic vehicles there. <laughs> so they have old Porsches and old rally cars. They had an amazing Audi S1 rally car that was just giving it large. So all the stuff, making loads of noise. And at one point they put that Audi, 
I don't even know what it is. Like a futuristic concept. The Hoonitron. Hoonitron. Okay, no idea. The Ken Block electric Audi Hoonitron thing. And it was going around making no noise. Mm. And there was this old beetle, this old like Dakar rally beetle. And he launched it up the inside of the Hoonitron. Yeah, and good. And the crowd went wild. Did they? The crowd mm. absolutely yeah, loved yeah, it. And I was yeah. like, yeah, that really tells us. And so when the Golf R was just doing laps quietly, everyone was a bit of, yeah. And then the Skoda. Should we go get coffee? Yeah, Skoda WRC <laughs> came by. I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, and everyone yeah. was like, yeah. yeah so, yeah. Um, yeah, tough crowd for that car. But still cool to see. And they had a whole lineup of all the golfs. They had a Mark IV R32, which I absolutely adored. They had some cool stuff knocking around. Um, loads of other cool people. I saw, I went to see Roof. Uh, they had a couple of their cars on display, which was very, very cool to see. Um, Is it rough or roof? I say roof. Right. I say roof. No idea. R-U-F. Roof, I think. It's yeah. gel roof, I guess. Well, we can find out. Um, some other interesting people there, like, you know, sort of resto mod companies and 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 uh, people sort of work. A lot, a lot of Porsche stuff. I mean, it's a big Porsche community yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But it was, a, it was a great event. And as I say, for me to be able to experience some classic minis was amazing. Went for a ride in the mini Dakar. Was that, that good? Wild. Was it? Insane. I would have liked that. You ah, You would have been like, go faster. Okay. <laughs> the driver was Bruno Spengler, oh, who yeah. was a DTM champion, I think 2012 was like that for BMW. And he was going as flat as he could. Like towards the end of the day, he was sending it. But, but it was, yeah, just the track didn't allow for him uh, to go okay. that fast. What a shame. The car that, as I say, you would have wanted to go into the ever. It was the, the Audi S1 rally car. Was just was it, mate? He was flying. Yeah, and well, I was like, I want one of those. Yeah, really, really. Cool. I really, really like admire rally drivers. I just, yeah. I just full send, mate. They, they, they got screwless. Yeah, oh, one million. They're percent. not. They're not wired. They're like, yeah, it's like the Isle of Man TT bike races. Y- you're right. They're, they're just not wired up correctly. You are completely they're, correct. It's, it's not funny, mate. No. Well, it was quite funny to watch. But. Yeah, but you're not going in 150 mile an hour past the tree yeah, sideways. Were, it's not no, no, they were wild. They were yeah. trying to crash, I think, during yeah. the <laughs> event. But anyway, as I say, main channel video coming very soon on that whole experience. And uh, and hopefully I'll be able to get back and do some more work with Mini at some point. And if not, go and do a bit more of a tour of the BMW Group Classic warehouse slash showroom thing. Because, yeah, that, that was pretty special. Uh Anyway, uh, time to move on. We are going to be talking about the McCann EV in a second. But first up, we have <gasps> Stockwatch. <laughs> we, we, need, we need to get a theme tune. Yeah, yeah we do. And, and save you doing it. We need to. Hey, if you've got any uh, any music producers out there, any DJs, we want something very simple. It should just go Stockwatch. Yeah. Yow. We need to get like an that. edit put in there. I don't, because... want a, I don't want 10 or 15 seconds. We haven't got time for it. I'm just going to push a button and it goes Stockwatch. Just like that. If you can record, start. I should stop doing it. Yeah, you should. Um, This week, we're very kindly been sponsored by the Legends at Custodian. You've probably heard me talk about Custodian before. If you want to manage your garage digitally, that is your one stop shop, your place to go. You can set yourself reminders, you can upload invoices, car history, uh, all your photos. This is the ultimate place, I say, to manage your cars. Um, But last year, they also launched the showroom, uh, which is. At the moment, I'd say still a bit more of a specialist version of like an auto trader, but I think they're trying to expand it to kind of rival Basically that. classified ads, right? Classified ads, yeah. yeah. Over a thousand cars on there, I think, at the moment. Oh, God, they keep telling me how many uh, dealers on there, but multiple. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, UK-based and, and lots and lots of nice stuff. So we've had a little jump on, tried to dig out some cars that jumped out to us. I will kickstart. I've got two. Oh. I've got to start with this one. Go on. So, uh, listen, I believe... Uh, got a story about one of these. <laughs> 
Apollo. So I've never heard of Apollo as a dealer before. Me too. Up here on Custodian. And this is a 2005 <laughs> Bentley Continental GT for £16,995. Now, yeah. I was like, oh, it's going to have four, 400,000 miles. So it's got less than 50,000 miles on the clock. <laughs> now, I know what you're going to say. It's a lovely one. But uh, hold on a sec. It does look like a lovely one. Dark blue mm. with the lovely, like, uh, red interior with the wood. Banging. It's not so lovely, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Split rims, the whole thing. Now, okay. Split rims, I remember them. There's a reason why... This car is circa 17 grand. I get that. But at 17 grand, to cruise around in a Bentley that most people won't know if that is a 2005 car or a 2015 car, because let's face it, they hardly changed them in that period of time. No. I mean, that is a vibe. If, if you have the 50 grand in the bank to run it, <laughs> the 50 grand cash to keep it going. But also, like, maybe, maybe it's not going to be that bad. You know, you know, one of the dealers I deal with called me up last week and offered me one of them in the trade. Go on. Do you want me to tell you how much it was? Yeah. I was actually going to send gen you the, one, A Gen 1. A Gen 1. A 2004 or 2005 oh. car. Oh. Something like that. With 78,000 oh. miles. I would have bought it. All Bentley history oh, apart I from it. a couple. What colour? Do you remember? Black. Oh, black okay. with black. Take it. Ten and a half grand. Oh, I, I actually would have bought that. I, I actually would have bought that. But, mate, honestly, that is... I mean, that that is literally more than 10 grand a year to run. It's not funny Yeah, you're point. walking into a financial death trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're Matt Armstrong, or if you're mechanically minded, or you've got a friendly workshop that's going to, you know, help guide you, they're not going to rip you off, but just help take you through the steps of what's needed just to keep it kind of running and you're prepared <laughs> for breakdowns and issues. And I, don't I just can't, I can't not see a Bentley Continental GT at sub 20K and not go, oh, come on. No, mate, they're unbelievable value for money, of course, but you just wouldn't want to run one. You just wouldn't, mate. <sighs> they got better, right? Because the 20, I say the 2013, 14, 15, uh, V8s's, they're the circa seventy k. The yeah, they're they're good, mm. better. But what I told you a while ago about the about the seventeen grand or sixteen grand bill I had for the turbos, and that was a V8. Yeah. The W12s are a stronger engine than the V8. Fair. I just I love that. So yeah, it's a wafter, isn't it? It's a wafter. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Lovely photos, and there you go. All the key information. So um, fair. I think it's good. Uh, move on. My my next choice. Now this one. <laughs> I'm pulling out because I actually can't believe <laughs> where we've gone with this. So this is Rock a con contemporary classics, another dealer listed on Custodian. Mm -hmm. um, it's a lime green Clio V6. Mm. Have you what? seen it yet? <laughs> oh, mate. That 2004 is... car, 3,000 miles on the clock, <sighs> listed, advertised at 90 thousand pounds now i was just perusing custodian as i often do because i say they've got the kind of cars that i like on there and this popped out and i went i went no way at first i was like they're taking the piss a bit like sorry contemporary classics but come on they've got two others in stock one is price and application the other i think with decent miles was like 55 60 grand the problem is mate i i i don't agree with the price that the problem is from their point of view as a dealer go and find another one but this but is the whole thing. Right? another one, mate. But but they're not wrong. They're not that far no, off. No, no, no. 
Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. This is a very low mileage, unique colored, blah, blah, blah. I'm kind of wondering if it's Shmee. Didn't Shmee paint his like this? Anyway, uh, sorry, Tim, if this is your car and we're now ripping it apart. But um, the the point being, these are sought after collector cars. This is a particularly good example and it's color. And for non-collector versions, you are still, I think, looking at 40 or 50 grand. Unbelievable. For a Clio V6. I mean, I had one of these about 15 years ago, by the way. I've told this story before, I think. And it was horrendous, the car. It was the quickest way to get into a tree, isn't it? it uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, it's not that, it's not, even back then, it wasn't that fast. It had the turning circle of a, I can't even say a bus or a lorry because they got a better turning circle. <laughs> of an airplane. It, it, no, like a uh, uh, cruise liner. A cruise liner, okay, it there was, you go. Yeah disastrous like half a turn full lock yeah you know what i mean it was yeah. it was just terrible servicing was it was back then there was a fortune on them because they used to take the mickey but they are cool though they, they look they amazing. look amazing and you remember back then like you had used one of them used to bolt down the road and it did make an half decent noise well it didn't go anywhere Below your 360. Oh, I knew that was coming. <laughs> I, I could see the clogs turning. Yeah. Not, a bit not, like you and you and your GT3, man. Not the Challenge to Dali, the old one. I can't. Sure. I'm not mocking the Challenge to Dali. It's I'm not that, be much, nice it's not that much faster. Is like, it not? Well, no, it's only 20 horsepower more than it? 100 <laughs> it really kilos lighter. It's not, it's, not, it's not night and day. <laughs> right. You're not going to get. You're not going to follow me in the Challenge to Dali and go, bloody hell, that thing's fast. He's flying. I had an R8 V10 follow me out my parents the other day and he was, he was in cruise control. I think I was giving it large. Yeah. I was like, when he just cruised past me. While you're talking about that old cars, actually, I had a, I had a, a genuine argument with my daughter the other day. Oh. We had an argument. We were in on. the cars in the M3, and we was following a V8 R8. Okay. And she said, uh, Daddy, is that fast, that car? I said, it was a long time ago, but not anymore. 
he's Danny must be it's far looks far must be fast I said this car's faster she said no it's not <laughs> I said it's genuinely like not even a little bit faster it'd be loads faster Molly no daddy that's it's not this not that that's car's a supercar yeah that car's this faster. is daddy's car that's she, a supercar she car. talks like a normal she doesn't talk like a baby mate she talks so, like a human being she just talks completely normal <laughs> she's not right, two <laughs> Well, tell me a two-year-old who goes, freaking, that's a supercar. Yeah, yeah, they do. Okay, all right. But anyway, it was the funniest thing, like people just association. So people would have looked at that 15 years ago and thought that must be the fastest thing in the world. Well, you know, I say they've become a collector's item. So I think the point being that if you are into this world, that's probably one of the better examples that you can find. But, you know, yeah. these, these guys have a few. Insta- I, it, I just, it, it jumped out at me. And I, I thought, don't remember them... I don't remember them being out in that colour though. That's Is that Shmi's car? Didn't Shmi paint one that colour? I I thought they only come in a few colours, silver and black. Or um, I I don't remember them being multicoloured, mate. No, but and blue. They did they, they did they did do a few more. They definitely did do a few more. So uh this one here we go, information on custodian. Yeah, supplied in acid yellow. One of eight UK examples supplied wow. in acid yellow. Yeah. Never seen one. Oh sorry, I haven't covered thirteen thousand miles from you. Oh. Um anyway. Nice. I mean, absolutely wild. Uh your pick yep. was this, unsurprisingly, a two thousand and nineteen four eight eight pista. Yeah. Why has this jumped out at you? Well, because I said at the back end of last year that they'd been fairly strong in the um, depreciation market, mm-hmm. as in, but they are, even them, they have started to tail off a bit now. There are some up at silly money still, but they have come off now. Um, and although they are still the money they are, I still think they're like good value for money in the supercar world. So this is... A smidgen under 300 grand. Yeah. Which <laughs> I think this particular example is a bit of a bargain, mate. Because you look at the other things that are out there, speciales, over, th- what, 350, yeah, something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything else of that kind of ilk. You've got 296s, which we know, like <clears throat> 240, 250. Well, you still look at all the piece to com- competitors. Mm-hmm. Mm, you probably just about include the STO in that. And the piece the cheapest or just under the cheapest out of all of them. Still cheaper than the GT2. Which I think is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Still with, cheaper in than our the Black mind, it's, the, it's the best one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, 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 yeah, maybe not for... So wait, so what are you trying to say? You're trying to say this is good value or that they're now coming... Off or the like? What are you trying to say? What am I trying to say? I'm I'm saying they have come off a bit. Okay, so I, if you're looking to buy a pista now, could be a good time. Yeah, but I I think three hundred strong for a used pista now. Oh, do you? I do. Yeah, I ah. think I think they've come off a bit. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So uh, if you really play hardball, you could be at what two eighty. I don't know if you're going to get a good one though for two eighty. Okay. okay. But, you know, but some of them are still advertised at three thirty. Oh, there are plenty. I, I had a yeah, brief look. There are plenty. Yeah. You know. Okay. I, I think you know the really low mileage cars need to be three hundred now. Yeah. But the the good thing about 
spe- special Ferraris, and there's millions of them, they always get to a point and they stop. Well, that's what I say. They just, they just do normally. Or they start to trickle back up. Mm, yeah. I mean, there's probably too many of them for, to do that currently. Mm, but mm. yeah, maybe long term, mm. they'll... They're definitely not going to blow 50 or 60 grand. Nothing no, like that. and that no. for me, that's a lovely spec, that one you put there. The red with the silver wheels is kind of a classic piece to spec. I think it's super, super nice. Yeah. So, good shout. Well, anyway, thank you, Custodian, for supporting Stockwatch. Stockwatch! Uh, this week, there are some cars that... <laughs> Can I put it in the front, not the end? Yeah, yeah, that Tony and I have spotted, uh, listed on Custodian's showroom at the moment. So go and have a browse there, or go and check out those cars if you're interested in the ones that we just discussed. Um, let's come on to the big topic then. Uh, we were hoping to talk about it last week but we didn't so we can now get into it porsche have unveiled the new mccann yeah now i quite like saying that because it's not they've unveiled the new mccann electric the new mccann ev the new mccann e it's just the new mccann and it just happens to be electric electric car yeah so tell me all your initial thoughts now that the press releases are out and blah 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 uh yeah first reactions go on hit me well initially when i saw i've only seen photographs of course obviously I thought that looks not very nice. Oh, really? And yeah, and then like after seeing it a bit more, it does look okay. It look it looks fine. I I, I like the way it looks. Do you? I'm one of the few. Yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, it's the most ugly thing ever. This thing hasn't had like, Paul was fuming about it in the group chat. Uh, uh, yeah, it's disgusting. Know, I, I I think the back looks a little bulbous, but I really like the front. Mm. I think from the side it looks all right. So. Yeah, like I said, I've come round to it a Mm -hmm, bit more now. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I need to probably see one in the person. Yes, well, because I can't figure out the dimensions. It's long. It's quite a bit longer than the previous, the the combustion engine mechanic. It definitely looks it. Um, But it's lower and wider. Is it though? Yeah, it's lower and wider. Is that just the perception? No, 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 it's lower and wider, but longer. Right. So I think think that's going to be a bit... Odd. Yeah, so I'm with you. I want to see one to Mm. kind of, I can't... In my head, I can't work out how that will translate to on-the-road presence. Um, McCann's have always been fairly well-sized, sort of, you know, for an SUV. So. Have, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, dimensions I can't figure it out, but as a photo, I, I, I like the looks of it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean in that direction. I'd be interested to see whether there'll still be Porsche's best-selling car. Okay, well, let's keep going. We're going to dive into all of these facts and stats and claims. Mm. So you saw the photos, you thought, mm, okay. Uh, what about some of the headline information? What, what were your reactions to that? The price. Uh, clearly that caught you first. So <laughs> It's way too much money. I mean, it's not... Hold on a minute. The way that cars, electric cars, they are... They, it was always going to be expensive, right? But I, 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 I really just don't understand, mate, how, how, they, how they think they're going to sell them in the masses that they sold the, the previous models in. Okay, so let's dive into this for a second, because I think actually... Price is the most important thing about this car, initially. It's the most important thing in general, So stop. So the Macan 4, which is at the moment the entry-level Macan, electric Macan, in the UK starts at essentially 70 grand. That's with no options. Starts. The Turbo, which is the next one up, the performance one, starts at 95. Now, obviously... You could just go in and say, I'll have a McCann 4, please, and walk away at 70 grand plus road taxes. Which would be, by the way, probably the equivalent two-litre petrol McCann in old money, essentially. No, well, hold on a sec, hold on a sec, because we need to... We're going to get into actual direct comparisons. Let's not... Because, wait, what I want to say, please, before we get into it, because the most important thing to realise about Porsche is that... It is near on impossible to get the car you want 
for the advertised list price. Absolutely. I I went on the configurator and both went really aggressive as in like, I want as few options as possible. I want to keep the price as low as possible. I couldn't get below 82 grand for the McCann 4 mm. just to have uh, sound and, and light, just, just the usable stuff, yeah, yeah. just the kind of stuff that just enhanced the experience. That was me personally. Obviously, someone else out there could say, I'll just take the 70 grand car, be happy. Um, I, I got above a hundred grand on the base McCann four going wild. I bet you did. Um, and of course the McCann turbo, you can get into silly figures if you want. Now let's come on to your point for a second, because interestingly in the UK, you can still buy the combustion engine McCann. They haven't put a final date on production yet, but you can still go and order combustion engine McCann in the UK. In the in the old shape or the new shape? In the old shape. Right. I don't believe they're putting an engine in the new shape. I think right. that is specifically made for, um, uh, you know, okay. called, I think. so let's get into pricing because you were about to say that in terms of old money, this money converting and comparisons. Yeah. So the cheapest petrol McCann in the UK, the base level McCann, starts at 53 pounds some 17,000 pound cheaper and, and the top level which is the GTS in the UK these days mm -hmm. 71 yeah so if you weren't to do any spec choices as in you weren't to add anything just go in and say I want a car you could get a McCann GTS with a petrol engine for essentially the same price as the McCann 4 electric. Yeah. And the GTS does include a lot more driver-focused spec as standard. Yeah, there's still loads of options. You can you can, you can still put 20 grand worth of options without blinking your eye on a GTS. Same with a normal McCann, mate, but, as but well. But my point being that the GTS does include a lot of spec it does. as standard. Yeah, yeah, so, more at least, yeah. So if you took a base GTS at list price at 71 grand mm. or a base McCann 4 at least price at 70 grand, yeah, you yeah. would have more stuff, more equipment, more things on that petrol you GTS. Would, yeah. um, so I, I come round to it in the sense of there's little justification because if this was a just a refresh, a near 20 grand price hike, it's you can't you can't really justify it. And you bet you bet your life that the that the options would be more on the electric car than the combustion car as well. Yeah, potentially. Potentially, I'd be interested. Per, yeah, they were, I'm yeah. almost sure they will yeah. be, yeah. So, yes, you fall into that question then of, right, you're now looking at a very expensive car, which, okay, fine, you could argue company, tax, and all these things can take advantage of, but McCann what? has forever been the best-selling Porsche because it's the family car, right? Yeah, yeah, The yeah. everyman, theoretically yeah, yeah. Porsche. Yeah, yeah. Has that price point removed it from being that or, or the potential for it to be that but not not necessarily they'll just be targeting a targeting a different audience but the, the it's not always the price with evs that's the problem it's everything else that goes with it we spoke about four million times before the price is a big thing obviously and as far as i'm concerned cars are always sold on price you know what I mean? Regardless, but you new, used, whatever. There's always a price for them, you know. Miss White manufacturers do deals on new, you know, because they can't sell them at list, so they do a deal to get to the point where the, the punters want to spend their money. So there'll always be a price point for it, but where will that be? 
I can't see it being that money. Obviously, there will be some people that go in and they'll spend 90 grand on the on the base car. You know, they'll load it up and they'll spend 90 grand as people did with the take hands, as people do with everything. But it's when you want to come out. Mm. Because, you know, what what happens and what we have to remember, the world has gone back to how it was. So if they can't sell these cars, they'll discount them. There'll be incentives. There'll be... Um, and, and we know that, that Porsche are doing that now. They never used to do that. Pre-COVID, it was never, ever a thing. Now they're doing it. They've become more of a mass brand now. So... Um, you know that that bit will be a suck it and see. They're gonna they're gonna price it because it's always better to price something high and come down. It's it's harder to price it low. It's like when the the first generation McCann come out, that was too cheap. That car mm. Mm. when you can when you think it was like evoke money, and it was miles better than it. But I think the the entry level McCann was thirty eight grand or something mm. back back in the day. That's why they sold so many of them. Yeah. And then obviously they they slowly increase prices and and even when you look now, like a really good spec two litre petrol McCann is mid sixties, which is quite a lot of money. But when you look around the market, you're driving a Porsche, it's a it's a, it's a good car, it's all the power that you ever need. Like it's like all right. Mm-hmm. And you probably get a bit of money off one now. The EV thing is going to be really, really interesting because we know that, <clears throat> as far as we know, it's it's still a limited market, mate, and they're making it more expensive. So it, it it's going to be a bit of a suck it and see moment. I mean, I would assume they will sell sell them by the bucket load. I I do, I do think they will have a lot of interest from at least the Porsche community. Um, I would assume, but you raised two really interesting points there. I think, firstly, if you were a 60 grand McCann customer, Mm. it's asking a lot of you to now be spending, okay, let's go timid, 75 or 80 grand on a replacement car that's also potentially your first electric. Mm. Um, Now, depreciation, yes, has been horrendous on electrics to date. Uh, financing has also been pretty tough because the depreciation is so hardcore. Yeah. Will Porsche try and introduce some aggressive PCP to a McCann Ford to try and incentivize people initially? Um, but aside and above that, I think the only thing which is interesting with this is obviously it's an all new car based on this new P- PPE, I think, platform, which is shared with the Audi Q6 e-tron or A6 e-tron. Okay. Um, and they're claiming 380 mile range in the base car. Now, I was the first to be like, okay, because the Taycan was famously one of the worst for um, claimed range and real world range. Yeah. Um, obviously, it was an, they were an early mover with the Taycan in the EV space, but I can't remember what their claimed range was, but people would often say that a Taycan was really good on, on normally for 150 to 180 miles, unless you started playing all the games with you know, preconditioning and using it at certain times and certain, uh, not using aircon. You know, if you, 
most real world use using it like a combustion engine car 150 to 150. yeah i think i think i think i was averaging sort of 170 that yeah. one that i had for a couple of months yeah. i think it was sort of 170 that sounds about right so i i put out a post saying this seems punchy and somebody sent me a, a review of one of the prototype cars was used on a 300 mile journey at 70 miles an hour cruising blah blah and they got the full 300 miles now that's not 380 but i think even if 380 isn't possible, but 290 to 300 is, that, that is already a big step in the right direction. That's, that is already a big step in the right direction because that brings it more in line with what's a combustion engine McCann's fuel range. Let's not get into the whole refueling, but in terms of actual range, it's got to be similar, right? Per tank, a McCann... Uh, 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 uh two litres, probably not much, maybe 350, yeah. might be 400. I think it depends because they have different tanks as well. So you have a 75 litre tank. You, of can, course. Have a, you can have a bigger but let's tank. Say so this, let's say this. 350, standard. 400, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think it will not be totally dissimilar to, to a combustion, which I think in terms of just using the car, of course, the actual refueling part is the conundrum. But in terms of how you're going to use the car, the journeys that you're going to use it for, at least if the expected range is similar, you can do those same kind of journeys before you have to think about the refueling or the recharging element. So I think that's that will be interesting to see. Real world usage will be interesting. But that's one of the higher, higher ranges out there on the market today, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, and if it is a you know, family SUV... Yeah, it's important. To, I think it's going to be that. That's going to be for me the real teller, because if this is going to be your first EV, which it's likely to be, because most people in McCann's, you know, they're sitting there in McCann's. I say how popular it is. This this might be their first EV, their first experience. If loaded up with the kids, loaded up with the luggage on a long journey, they're doing two twenty or two thirty, and they're struggling. That's going to start to put, I think, the bugbear in it. In the cold and yeah, yeah, exactly. You know the various things that we know can be issues. That's going to turn people away as well. So, yep. I think my takeaway is it's a little bit of an uphill battle that Porsche have set themselves for what, as you say, has been their biggest selling car historically, and they want it to still be. I think they want it to be fucking eighty percent of sales. This new car, like yep. this is like a bit. This is the big thing for them. Is this car? They've given themselves a little bit of an uphill battle, but. They've surprised us before, Porsche. What, with a Taycan? No, no, it, as a brand, as a company. And let's face it, like, the, they they could have got this wrong. <clears throat> we don't know. But they could have got it right as well. And we are inherently against EVs. But this could be an this could be This could be a good one. Yeah. This could be a good we'll one. Wait and see. Some of the stuff on paper is potentially good, but some of it is a bit like, ooh, ooh. That makes me nervous. Yeah. I wouldn't want to rush in. If it had come out at similar money, 60, I might have been interested to take, to take a punt on one. But I'm It was never going to be 60 though, mate, was it? It was never, you know, when you look at EV prices in general, not just McCann's, is that they are a lot more expensive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We know the reasons for that as well. And it, it was never going to be 60 grand. Mm -hmm. It's like, it... it you know, it's the age-old thing, you know, if an M3 Touring was 75 grand new, everyone would be buying them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, these de these manufacturers, they price these cars, they do a lot of research into it, and they price these cars. And actually, mate, they don't really care, mm. the manufacturers. You know, they'll say they do, and so do the dealers. In terms of? Depreciation. 
couldn't, yeah. they couldn't yeah, care less. Yeah, sold, who cares? Who cares? Sausage yeah. factory. Don't even care about their dealers. We've seen that now. Look at the take. Porsche, big example of it. Look at 911s and Taycan prices now. They're absolutely on their ass. So the manufacturers couldn't give a toss. All they care about is selling the cars. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm not just picking on Porsche. I'm picking on all of them. Mm-hmm. BMW, Audi, Mercedes. Yeah. They're all the same. Yeah. All, all of them. So but let, let's see. Yeah. I, I think there'll be some huge price adjustments. I think you can put whatever PCP on them you want. You know what I mean? The, the, the PCP and the guaranteed value only ever comes into play when you're at the end of the four years yeah. and you want to give the car back. Well, <laughs> people are getting a year in and they can't live with the car anymore, especially you use the take an example and they've got, they've got to come out of them and they're 20 grand the wrong way. Mm. You know, I'm not, I'm, it, and I'm not just saying take hands. I'm saying, you know, all no, these, oh yeah, across all the these deals that are, even combustion cars, all these deals that are going around at the moment. You know, <clears throat> there's headline figures on the M3 Tour at the moment. Yeah, fair enough. They are cheaper. Good luck coming out of it though in a year's time. Mm. No chance. You've yeah. paid ten grand to come out of it. So um, that that that's that's going to be the way of the world now, and we're just going to have to wait and see what happens with McCann. I I am I've obviously going to have my reservations about it and and what's people are going to do their conkers on them as far as I'm concerned that's what I think because I think they're way too much money and they still I don't care about the range I understand it's better but the concept of it still doesn't work for everyone you know so that's still the the big elephant in, in the room essentially I know they're better and I know that they, you know, that the tech wise, they're unbelievable now and blah, 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 blah. But the big elephant in the room hasn't been addressed yet mm-hmm. across all of them. Yeah. No, no, no. And, no. It's, and I, it's still a problem. It's it's why, I mean, we often get called EV bashers on this podcast, but I, I definitely don't consider us EV bashers. I think we're realists in the sense where Tony makes the key point. The key thing you just said there is it doesn't work for everyone. I don't think at the moment the future of mobility is a one-stop solution. No. I just don't think it is. I think EVs are improving handover for every year. The public charging network is improving handover for Absolutely. They're going to be great cars for many, many people. Yep. And they offer very varying benefits. But there are plenty of people who still will need to rely on a heavily hybridized car, rely on some kind of sustainable fuel, rely on some kind of hydrogen tech. So, you know, there's so many different ways to go about yeah. this. Um, and obviously the big focus at the moment is on the EV, but we're hearing from left, right and center, all these different other opportunities and, and, and abilities. And so, yeah, for you, you're still against an EV because it doesn't fit your lifestyle. Um, I'm trying to use this i5 to learn if an EV can fit my lifestyle. Um, but I'm spoiled while well, I have other options. So when the, it goes wrong, I can jump in a combustion <coughs> engine car still. Yeah. I haven't committed fully yet to an EV as my one car garage. Um, but, you know, it's living and learning. I, 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 I'm excited by the McCann, but I am definitely not motivated to go and buy one at this stage. That's no. where my head's at. And I think that's what a lot of people do, by the way. People that have EVs, excuse me, people that have EVs, they still have a combustion Car, car on side, on side. backup. But you need to be a fortunate person. To I mean, that's not for the everyday man in the no. street. And I know the everyday man in the street ain't about to go and spend hundred grand on a on a, man, on a McCann. I know yeah. it's targeting a different person, and the, the chances of someone that's spending seventy, eighty, 
90 grand on a McLaren, they have got another car. Mm. I, I, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is when reality sets in and, and, and the dealer and the manufacturer talk the car up and get these customers into the car and they say, this is, this is the new way forward. The customer buys the car. A year down the line, they go, oh, I've made a mistake here. And then it's 20 grand to come out of mm -hmm, it. Because mm -hmm. that's reality. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what's going to happen. Well, and if you look at what Taycans have done, yeah. if in 18 months' time, a McCann is 50 grand, bloody hell, then I'm moving. Because, because a Taycan at 50 grand, which they are at, by the way, now, people, um, they're not as attractive because it's, it's old tech in the world of EVs. Yes, it's a great car, but they're old tech in the world of EVs and they had their niggles at the start, Taycans. They have their issues. If this McCann proves to be a fantastic car but suffers the horrendous depreciation that all EVs seem to suffer at 45, 50 grand with 1,000 miles on the clock, 2,000 miles on the clock, uh, then, then I think it starts to be interesting. But also, then as well, sorry to butt in, have you contradicted yourself a little bit? Because battery and technology moves on so quickly, mm -hmm. by the time the McCann, by the time the McCann is 45, 50 grand, there'll be another car out that you'll go, oh, well, 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 that one, that we forty or fifty grand. I'll have that one instead. Potentially, because, because yeah. things move on it's so quickly point. in 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 that world. You know, like very we're, good point. We're already seeing um, the advancements in the in the way it is, and I, I get a little bit fed up talking about EVs on here. But but it, the the problem <laughs> is, it's the it's the future, mate. Yeah, so it's only well, new cars it, that it, are launching it, at EVs. It's, it's, a, a, it's, it's a topic that we have to talk about because we're. A, automotive YouTube channel that talk about cars. We're a podcast, so, Tony. We're a, yeah, we're a podcast. Oh, yeah, we're a podcast and an automotive YouTube channel, no? We're a podcast that uploads to YouTube. <laughs> okay, Don't get that wrong. Yeah, okay, fine. Just we're a podcast. Just unsoing our entire branding. <laughs> Just a reminder, audio-only versions available earlier in the week. God yeah, damn it. it YouTube's cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the, you know, the, mm. it, it's what it's the topic on everyone's lips, so we we got to talk about it. Of course. You know, so... Well, next week we'll be talking about V12 Ferraris. Again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's watch this space. I, I hope to be able to experience a McCann uh, soon enough and I will let you know my thoughts. Um, but yeah, let us know your thoughts below. Are you, are you intrigued? Are you excited? Is it the first electric SUV that's got you going? I mean, I don't think it will because we talked about its price. It's outpriced so many people. I mean, I think there have been other EVs that we've spoken about even in the last few weeks that are kind of far more exciting to people because they're... 30 grand, not I'll be amazed anyway. if it's the same people that buy, that have bought historically the two-litre petrol mm, McCann. They're going to jump in a new one. That, that go in at, because mm. don't forget their two-litre petrol McCann is probably worth 35, 40 mm. grand. It's double the money to get into a base EV mm. one. Oh, it's all a bit messy. Anyway. We've been battering on enough of that. So we're going to draw, draw an end to today's episode. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. As I say, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast, thank you so much for doing so. Feel free to give us a review or a rating and stay tuned because future episodes will be coming to you nice and early, a little bit sooner than the YouTube channel that Tony mentioned. Uh, but if you are watching us on YouTube, subscribe now, turn on notifications, etc. Uh, if you want to follow Tony between now and next week's episode, you can do so at Tony Grubber with Car Sales on most social media platforms. Uh, you can follow me at Seen Through Glass and you can follow this podcast at Behind the glass underscore underscore podcast in the weeks ahead we've some pretty big announcements about some moves we're making for this year mm. some events and things that you're going to want to attend so some dates for your diary will, will be trickled out next week so make sure you don't miss that episode we'll see you then bye bye see ya
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.